0: Jim Rowan, how you going? It is another one of these historical podcasts, but it's not in line with the handful that I've already done. Uh, this is a bit... Well, it's not off track. I mean, actually, there'll be some crossover, if anything, but um, with the recent reveal of the IWGP World Heavyweight championship belt I thought it was finally time that I make use of this otherwise useless knowledge on the history of this uh, of this title well I suppose the title that came before it now um, the uh, heavyweight the IWGP heavyweight championship Um, as a bit of a belt nerd I've gone back I've researched these things And, uh, what better time, what better time to go over it than when everyone is mourning the loss of it. I'm not above making a buck off of everyone's tears. So here we go. Let's talk about it. We, uh, will start with the, well, of course, the first IWGP heavyweight championship belt was introduced, um... Back in, it was, I've got the dates here, 12th of June, 1987. So, uh, this was the prize for the winner of the first International Wrestling Grand Prix, a round-robin tournament that was to become the G1 Climax. Uh, Antonio Inoki topped Block A, Masa Saito topped Block B, and that led to the final between them, Inoki wins, and the title belt was kind of like the G1 Climax Trophy. It was just the award for winning the tournament. And it was an annual tournament, as I said. It was to become the G1 Climax. So for the next couple of years, uh, that's what would happen. The, the title would be won as... Uh, well, the belt would be won as the prize for the tournament. And then the title... Would be vacated Is it Is it necessary for me to make the distinguish The the, uh, To distinguish between Those two words So belt Belt is the representation Of the title The title is Heavyweight champion Yeah Hello Mr. Heavyweight champion Would you like a sparkling water That's the title He's got that title Like mister That's a title Mrs. Whatever Title belt, physical representation of that title. Okay, title belt. Does that make sense? Was that redundant? I'm sorry. Okay. Moving right along, it was uh, in 89, like I said, just a couple of years, this was the case where it was vacated in between uh, these tournaments. But, um, oh, actually, I didn't even mention. What we uh, what we're talking about here the the original title belt so, it's a circular faceplate. It's got I should have brought them up here. No, I won't. I'll, look, I'm just going to go off memory. This is all off the top of my head. I'm a real expert. Um, okay, so there's yeah the circular title. It's got kind of an oval world, an oval globe, an oval earth. In the center, it's got IWGP written across it. There's kind of rays or... uh, uh, I don't know, but I guess they're just rays. It's like, uh, you know, the sun behind the earth, I guess. And it just says, yeah, IWGP, heavyweight... I don't even know. I think it says heavyweight champion on it. I know it says along the bottom edge it's got like uh a, a half moon of international wrestling grand prix right around that bottom half of the title around the edge and it's got a few little jewels sparkly jewels green and red and I don't know don't remember exactly and then it's just got a few circular uh side plates uh three on on each side of the uh faceplate. But it's pretty basic. I mean, it's nice. It's just it's kind of a normal classic older design. Um but yeah, just pretty simple. So that's the title belt that we're talking about here, and that's the title belt that was uh the prize for the tournament that was held on the 24th of April in 1989. This event was called uh, New Japan... No, actually. Uh, it's... Yeah, New Japan Pro Wrestling battle, sa- battle Satellite in the Tokyo Dome. And you guessed it. It was in the Tokyo Dome. But significantly, it was the first pro wrestling event in the Tokyo Dome. It had only been... The, the construction had only been finished on it recently. So... Uh, that's a big deal. The champions so far... So there's been... Uh, 87, 88, I think there's been, I think there was another tournament because I'm pretty sure Antonio Inoki won it once and Fujinami won it twice, once again, don't have it in front of me, but if you go and fact check, if you fact check that and I'm right, doesn't it just go that much further toward well, I'm really listening to someone that knows what they're talking about. And if it's wrong, well, I was probably close, so just bear with me. But the winner of this tournament is Big Van Vader, and he's the first non-Japanese, the first gaijin to win the heavyweight uh, or the IWGP heavyweight title. So that's significant. Um, He beat uh, Shinya Hashimoto in the final. And from this point onward, it was no longer the trophy at the end of the tournament. It was defended like a title belt, um, you know, it traditionally would be. It's carried by the champion who defends it in matches um, until they fail to defend it and lose it. So, bunch of champions in between. 25th of March 1997... If we may skip ahead New Japan holds its 25th anniversary party In Tokyo uh, And present the reigning champion Shinya Hashimoto With a new IWGP heavyweight title belt And I don't remember where I saw this I'm pretty sure it's kayfabe They say it was worth $90,000 um, US, I assume so, uh, that's, I don't know, I doubt that, but, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe, um, maybe belts were more expensive back then, but I don't, I don't know about that, that sounds a little faby to me, plus I don't even know where I found that, but in any case, uh, they made a big show, song and dance of it, so, um, Shinya Hashimoto gets this crown, like title the top edge of it it has these four it's almost like a uh, a like a castle because it's like flat it curves it's flat and then it's got kind of a a curve in the drop in the middle um, four times across the top I'm doing a terrible job of describing this I'm aware And, um... Otherwise, I think it's pretty similar to the... First-generation title, um... International Wrestling Grand Prix prix along the... Uh... Bottom... Written out in full... IWGP in the middle, I think. I think there's like a little... Um... Couple guys, you know, wrestling in the middle... Uh... Tying up. But... um, Yes, a few jewels, and then the the badges are, or the side plates. Actually, they they look like badges. They look they're kind of like star shaped, and I think there's only a couple of them. But it's um, it, it that that part of it's pretty basic. But the the face plate is rather unique, so um, it's memorable. Uh, I always it's it's the Hashimoto belt to me. Uh, we'll get into more reasons as to why that's the case as we move along here. So, um, and we're moving along pretty quick. 2001, March 25th, Pride 13 Collision Course is held in the Saitama Super Arena. So, for the pro wrestling only fans, Pride is, or was, I should say, was. It's no longer around, but um, back in 2001, it was doing monster business uh, as a mixed martial arts promotion and it was um a, a, well it 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 certainly had a pro wrestling element to it uh it, you know they weren't doing straight sports um you know boxing style kind of bouts there was uh, some freak bouts in there there was some just kind of Nutcases, cases um, performance enhancing drugs were encouraged weight classes were not necessary um it was it was it was pretty crazy but um it you know darn it if it didn't draw a crowd so uh of course Inoki has a hand in this at the time he's the um owner of New Japan Pro Wrestling still but he's, he's just too high up in that world not to have some influence over um, something like Pride which was started by guys he used to um, I mean that was started by put me on the spot Takata am I crazy? I'm pretty sure T- um yeah Takata Takata am I going nuts? you know when you say a word and you're like I've said that word a hundred times, but now it doesn't sound right. Takada, from um, UWFI. Yeah, Takada. Jeez, second guessing myself. Okay. Um, anyway, look, he was involved. Enoki was involved. So, uh, well, I mean, obviously, because he walks out in the middle of this event, Pride 13. He walks to the ring during an intermission. He invites out, um, oh, well, he says some things about how, uh, I don't know how much of this I should really explain. You know what? I go into detail about all of this in, um, I don't think I did a podcast on it, actually, but there's articles. I'll link it if you, I'll link it. Okay. Look in the, look somewhere. Wherever there's a description for this video, I'll I'll link the article that goes through in detail Enoki um, leaving New Japan, starting this Universal Fighting, uh, was it Universal Fighting Organization U- UFO um, thing, and you know it's a it's a whole different topic. But basically, he's um, on the outs in kayfabe from um, new japan so he comes out and kind of says i'm gonna you know begin this invasion against new japan and um kendo Kashin comes out in a mask he's one of his you know enoki's disciples enoki's got these guys that are both fighters and pro wrestlers which is what you know he was and um you know that's that's always been his obsession to have pro wrestling but also have um, other martial arts incorporated into it and king of sports kind of refers to well pro wrestling is the strongest of the martial arts that's Inoki's philosophy in a nutshell so um, yeah his, uh, his boy comes out with uh, a couple of title belts he's got the original first generation IWGP Heavyweight Championship and Inoki gives that To Kazuyuki Fujita. And he says. That he will. Defend this title. Against Scott Norton. Who is at this time 2001. The current IWGP heavyweight champion. But of course he holds the current championship belt. The second generation. The crown title. But Enoki says. Fujita is going to fight. Norton. And the winner takes both belts. And then he says... And then he's got the other belt that he has here in the ring. In the pride ring. Is his WWF World Martial Arts title belt. Which is the belt he had uh, between seventy-eight and 1990. And he lost it once for like a month. During that whole time. Uh, And with that one, it would... um, He would kind of have these uh, shoot wrestling matches. So... It was, yeah, the idea, again, that he'd be fighting someone of a different discipline. Um, There was, you know, altered rules and it it wasn't the same as... Kayfabe was still there. It wasn't like a shoot fight like, um, what's that classic WCW one? Goldberg refuse, refuses to follow the script, or, you know, or Scott Steiner, or whatever it is. Anyway, um, no, it was just kind of different rules to the match was the idea. But um, So he was martial arts champion then. He's got that title with him. He says the winner of the main event tonight in the Pride um, heavyweight championship match between uh, Coleman and um, Alan goes the Brazilian Mark Coleman, the uh, UFC star He was the reigning champion So he's got the Pride World Heavyweight Championship And he goes on to win that match So not only does he take home The Pride World Heavyweight Championship belt Inoki awards him The WWF Martial Arts title belt Okay So now we have Fujita Well actually, sorry, no, I've skipped ahead Coleman's got Pride title WWF Martial Arts title The next month Fujita takes on Scott Norton, he wins. Now he's got both IWGP heavyweight title belts. Both the first generation and second generation. Okay. Does everyone follow what's happening here? These are the two title belts that Anoki held. He held the first generation IWGP championship. To signify that he was the top wrestler And he held the WWF Martial Arts Championship belt To signify that he was the best martial artist And now he has the top current pro wrestler With the top current IWGP belt And the IWGP belt that he had And then he's got the top martial artist The Pride Heavyweight Champion With the martial arts title that he had so it's kind of like, it's kind of, it's kind of saying, it seems, that Enoki is just making sure to remind everyone that back in his day, he was the best wrestler, and he was the best martial artist, because he butt-scooted around and kicked the legs off of Muhammad Ali. Also another topic. Moving on. Um... Okay, so of course, though, that's to set up a match, yeah, that's to set up a super match, a big fight Vegeta versus Coleman. you know what? I'd be excited about that if I was around at the time the the top pro wrestler, and I mean, look, I know those other belts don't really mean anything, um but it's still kind of cool, just having a bunch of belts like you know the the old um j Crown and you're just covered in title belts it just looks cool so I like the idea of a big match between well I mean they're, they're both wrestlers Coleman was you know an American amateur wrestler that was his skill set that was his base so um mold that in you know probably some chemicals but still hey he wasn't alone there was nothing wrong with it. It was legal in Japan. He was doing the right thing. Uh, he was good at headbutts, too. Good at headbutts. But um, anyway, yeah, that wasn't to be. Uh, they just they waited too long to make the match, and um, it never happened. They both ended up losing before they could have the unification match. I mean, it seemed obvious that that's what they were going for, but it just didn't work out. So, uh, I don't really need to go into the reasons that it didn't. It's all MMA stuff, and you're probably not as interested in that. If we're to scoot ahead, to butts, to Inoki okay Butt scoot ahead here, to um the January 4th show in 2002, just a few days out, Vegeta, uh, who still held the titles at that time, the IWGP titles, he ruptured his uh, right Achilles tendon. And so we had to forfeit the belts. Um, and then they never even... They waited until February to do the uh, tournament. I guess they didn't want to completely tear apart the card that they'd built for the Tokyo Dome show in just a couple of days. So um, they just didn't have a title match on it. Actually, I think on that one... I'm not going to go back and check. I think maybe the GHC title was defended on that one. Um, maybe. But I remember the main event was like a three-way match or something. Actually, I don't remember for sure. I'm guessing. Once again, there's, well, 30% of this podcast has been me guessing. Uh, But mo- look, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's good information. Pretty sure it's good information. Vegeta, um, yeah, didn't come back for a while. They had the tournament in February in the final... Tadao Yasuda defeated Yuji Nagata, and Yasuda's another one of these um, Inoki guys. He was a pro wrestler for a long time, and not really like a top pro wrestler either. I'm pretty sure he was just kind of a mid-card guy, but he was, I want to say a judoka, and he was legitimate in that sense, so... Um, when MMA started becoming a thing, he he actually could hold his own and, and was one of the guys that they um, kind of pushed for those reasons, which in hindsight we can safely say are the wrong reasons to push someone in pro wrestling. But he beat Nagata and he won the title and he was awarded the second generation title belt, the crown title. So that's the last of the first generation title it left with Fujita's Achilles tendon. In 2005, Tenzan loses the IWGP title, uh, as he did a few times in very short reigns, to Fujita. Now, after the match, Fujita presented the crown-shaped title belt to a framed photo of Hashimoto in the ring. Now, this is the 18th of July. I'm going to throw out another guess. I want to say Hashimoto passed away on the 13th is what's coming to me. Let's see. Hashimoto Shinya died on the 11th. Okay, it's still just as sad. Okay, he died on the 11th of July. So this is seven days later, quick maths, and he, yeah, so Fujita presents the crown-shaped title belt to this framed photo of Hashimoto and the ring. Of course, he's dedicating the belt to this uh, hero of New Japan and and his family. But um, this is when things get a bit messier. Because for all that MMA stuff before, the lineage never really was an issue. I mean, you know, guys get hurt, fair enough, you do a tournament, you carry on. Um, But that second generation title was always there. In October 2005, Fujita wears out the third incarnation of the IWGP Heavyweight Championship belt. This is in the Tokyo Dome. It's against Masahiro Chono and the debuting Brock Lesnar. The title belt is... It actually reminds me of the Undisputed title that Brock Lesnar held in WWE. It's kind of a more traditional... Well, certainly more traditional than the crown-shaped title. It's kind of an oval shape uh, faceplate... It's got, in very big font, IWGP across the middle. It's got an eagle with its wings spread across the top. uh, And then it's got ribbons um, above and below the IWGP part, uh, saying heavyweight champion. Um, And then the side plates are a really cool addition. They've got the title holders, the names of the previous title holders. Just to each side of the faceplate, so it's it's a very nice looking championship belt. Uh, Vegeta just gets to wear it once to the ring, and then he loses it, and Lesnar takes it off him. And um, he kind of had a, you know, in every couple months kind of a reign. Um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm a big Lesnar fan, actually. If you wanna, there's another article on cage side seats. I'm not gonna link that as well. But if you find me on cage side seats, there's a bunch of there's a few Brock Lesnar articles up there too. I say this as a Brock Lesnar fan. His reign was not particularly interesting. He was clearly not very motivated to be there. He wasn't gonna learn a new style. He was just there doing basic WWE matches, um, which is a real shame because how good would Brock Lesnar do when, uh, if he was like really motivated to do it? if he went in and, and learned how to do a more Japanese style, I mean, that would be, that'd be a lot of fun, but, um, not to be. And he was probably being paid a lot of money and new Japan wasn't like new, the new Japan fans didn't care about him at all. They didn't treat him like a star. Uh, the, the fans, I mean, the, the company did, but the, the fans just didn't care. Um, probably because they noticed that he didn't care, but, Either way, um, he wasn't drawing crowds, and it wasn't just his fault. New Japan business was just down; it was it was suffering. And uh, the the story that I think makes the most sense is that he got to the last um, match on his current contract, and New Japan Pro Wrestling said we want to sign you to a new contract and we're going to pay you less money. And Lesnar's like, no, you can pay me what you told me you'd pay me and for this match. And they're like, we can't pay you that much. And so there was that contract dispute there. And they tried to kind of trick Lesnar into giving them the title belt back, but he wasn't going to do it. He's smarter than that. For a big buff buff head, he's got some negotiation Uh, sense so he takes that home with him and it must have been a real awkward conversation to knock on the Hashimoto family's door and be like hey remember when we gave you that title belt yeah um well real funny story but short version is we want it back (laughs) And uh, that's what happened. They needed something for the winner of the next IWGP tournament to carry around. So that's what happened. Hiroshi Tanahashi won that tournament just a couple of days later. And he began his first reign as champion. Um, and was awarded the second incarnation of the title belt, the second generation belt, the crown title. Now, the Anoki's left... Anoki sold the company back in, fact check this, I want to say November 2005. But Simon Anoki, his uh, son-in-law, who just took the Anoki name, because why not? If you're going to be in the promotion business, it's a good name to have. Um he was installed as the president of New Japan so whilst Inoki didn't own the company he was still there was still an Inoki running it okay um and not too long after that he's I mean at the beginning of 2007 he's made the announcement uh, Antonio Inoki this is that he's starting the Enoki Genome Federation and by June they hold their first um, event and by this time Simon Enoki has left New Japan but I don't think it'd be fair to say that the Enokis were no longer involved with New Japan because well, just listen to this so Brock Lesnar gets brought back for the main event of the first IGF show. And he's facing Kurt Angle, who's the TNA World Heavyweight Championship, uh, sorry, champion, but he's not defending that championship. So, um, but that's the the main event for the IWGP Heavyweight title, third generation title belt, which Inoki kind of promotes as the real championship because Brock never lost it in the ring. So Kurt Angle wins that match, and it was actually a pretty good match, um, if you can find it, in more than 36 pixels, and um, he takes the title back to TNA, until the 4th of January 2008, which was the second Wrestle Kingdom show, and that's when Kurt Angle uh, he came back, he actually successfully defended the what's now being referred to as the IWGP third belt title against Yuji Nagata. He beats Yuji. Nakamura wins the IWGP, you know, the real... Well, I don't know, it's actually... Can you say real? Angle's got the one with the correct lineage, but Nakamura's got the one that New Japan are actually considering their top heavyweight championship so um, he's got the crown title he beats Tanahashi in the main event and after that angle comes out he challenges Nakamura for a unification belt unification bout I should say so the um, the second generation belt and the third generation belt will be on the line in a match in February and Nakamura wins. Ankle has him in an ankle lock. Nakamura reverses into an armbar. Kurt Angle taps. Clean. Got him. So you tell me. Does that sound like New Japan were perhaps a part of that? Like, I don't know if they were a part of it all along. I can't imagine the Brock Lesnar thing was their idea. But I think maybe Anoki. was able to organize something himself and, and kinda of got New Japan in on the deal and that's how they made it all happen. Anyway, um back to the belts here. So just a couple of weeks after Nakamura wins both titles and or well, wins both belts and unifies the title, he goes to zero one Max. So Zero One was the promotion that Hashimoto began back in 2001 when he had these falling out, well, like, I don't know, his fifth falling out with Enoki. But his final one, you know, well, actually, no, it probably wouldn't have been his final one either. But um, that's when he finally left New Japan and he founded his own company. Um, of course he's gone at this stage so this is the company that lives in his absence and Nakamura has a non-title match on the show he wears out the second generation title we've seen the last of the third generation title belt that's never seen again as far as I'm aware Nakamura wears out the second generation title belt and after winning the match he presents it to Daishi Hashimoto, Shinya's son. Uh, so now, the crown title is back where they, with the Hashimoto family, uh, dedicated to them, where it belongs, uh, where it was intended to be, and um, New Japan and the Hashimoto family can kind of move on from this episode um, to do with the belts anyway. Now that was the 2nd of March On the 30th of March 2008 Nakamura wears out the Well, what we now know was the final IWGP Heavyweight Championship belt uh, He defends that in a title match Against Tanahashi in Korakuen Hall um, Now this title belt, I don't think I need to describe it I think everyone knows what I'm talking about but um, it kept all the best parts of the third generation title belt and just added to it the side plates, for one, keeping those champions, um, just that that lineage that's advertised um, on the prize. Like, if you're holding this, you are... ...holding what was once held by ABCDEFG legends, just, you know, it's, that's a really, really special part of that title belt. And then, um, the faceplate is, it's the first time, funnily enough, that they actually have the New Japan logo on the title belt but it still of course keeps the IWGP um, uh, text in the middle and uh, you know world heavyweight, oh sorry not world just a heavyweight champion, Um, it's got the name plate I don't know if they had that on the third generation one it might be the first for that as well the name plate for the actual current champion and it's uh, more it's it's larger it's more circular kind of reminds me a bit of the um the big gold shape the NWA World Heavyweight Championship to become the WCW World Heavyweight Championship that then became the WWE World Heavyweight Championship um which is i mean one of the classic all-time classic title belt designs and um yeah it's it's kind of just in shape, in, similar to that. But uh, again, I mean, everyone knows what I'm talking about. I don't need to describe this. Other than to say, perhaps the most beautiful belt of all time. And that brings us to... Well, I guess there was a, a little bit that happened before we lost it. Um, first of all, there was actually a an update to it, a um, a, res- a restoration... It was in the build to the Madison Square Garden show in April of 2019. Jay White was the champion at the time, uh, going in to face Okada in that um, uh, cross-promotional event with Ring of Honor. Um, And of course, Jay White lost the title to Okada. Okada began his fifth reign as champion is probably most identifiable with that title belt Um, I mean, Tanahashi maybe but yeah, no, it's kind of I guess it depends when you're a fan right, but I I think it's a a pretty fair debate to say that it's um, probably going to be remembered as Okada's belt more than anyone else's Um, So yeah, they just shined it up though They didn't change it Then of course we uh, Later in 2019 That was when the whole Double gold dash thing started So Koto Ibushi won the G1 Climax Jay White um, Beat Naito in that tournament And Naito was the Intercontinental Champion Jay White beat Naito for the Intercontinental title And that kind of created this uh, very clear-cut top four. Naito was arguably the biggest star. Okada was the reigning heavyweight champion. Jay White was the intercontinental champion. And Kota Ibushi was the G1 Climax winner. So um, they all wanted to be in the main event at Wrestle Kingdom. Now, this is something that I think a lot of people forget. It was put to a vote whether we as fans wanted to see the double gold dash. Did we we want to see these championships? You know, did we want to see one champion emerge with two title belts? Now, granted, we were only given a day or less than a day to think about it but it was put to the fans and the fans voted in favour and I mean maybe that was a kayfabe vote I don't know I don't think it was I think it's one of those things where if you're good enough at promoting you can kind of just do it in a way where you can lead the fans to vote the way you want them to vote I don't think it needed to be kayfabe I think they knew people would Vote for the thing that all of the top wrestlers were saying they wanted. Except Okada, but you know, whatever. Um Yeah, so look, it's your fault, is <laughs> what I'm saying. It's your bloody fault. I didn't vote. And if you didn't vote, then you don't have a say, okay? That's it. Well, look, in fairness, none of us knew what was to come, but... um at the event Wrestle Kingdom fourteen, this was just so happened to attend it personally. Naito defeated White on the first night for the Intercontinental title. Okada defeated Ibushi for the heavyweight or to retain the heavyweight title, setting up the final on the second night. This was the first time there was two nights of Wrestle Kingdom. So on the fifth of January, Naito defeated Okada to win both. The well to defend the intercontinental title and to win the IWGP heavyweight championship, and from that point forward, those two title belts would be defended together. If we were to skip ahead a year, Ibushi beats Naito for the double championship on January fourth, and then the next night defends it against Jay White. And that's when the the talk of unification came about. So it lasted a year, this double championship. And then Ibushi says, uh, you know, he loves both of these title belts. He loves what both championships represent. But he wants to combine them to create something more, something bigger. And it didn't take long. I mean, he started talking about that in January. And at the start of March, it was made official that there would be an IWGP World Heavyweight Championship belt created um, and that would take the place of both of these titles. And that brings us to now. Well, it was on the 30th of March that this happened, which is exactly 13 years Later To the day That Nakamura debuted The Final heavyweight championship Title belt And They Uncovered They 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 will well, set the scene There was um, uh, The chairman Sugabayashi And the New Japan president uh, Obari Were both in the ring They Brought out Ibushi They've got obviously the title belt on a table in the center of the ring under a, a red towel or cloth and given the restrictions the fans aren't allowed to boo or or gasp or cheer really all they can do is clap but this title belt was revealed and no one was clapping i don't know if they didn't think they were supposed to or if there was I mean I know there wasn't that many people there New Japan's not drawing a whole whole lot of people uh, at the moment given they want to do an event every night but um, yeah they unveiled this this new world world heavyweight championship um, 13 years later to the day in the same place in Corican Hall as well and um well, I suppose I'll give you my first reaction. And that was, this looks like a modern version of the Hashimoto belt. It It's kind of got that crown look to it. And it turns out I was right, uh, in a way. Is that that's kind of what they were going for, at least with the the top of the title. So they... Oh, but I... Yeah, did I mention that the crowd was just completely silent? Or did I cut myself off? It was pretty awkward. I don't know why that was silent, but... Ibushi seemed to like it. Um, And yeah, when I first saw it, I was like... I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't hate it. This was, was kind of my first thing, because I was like, yeah, it kind of reminds me a bit of the the Hashimoto title, the second generation title, and then uh, they started explaining everything about it, so that the, um, the, yeah, that was the second generation, the first generation part of it was the, I guess the IWGP part, the fact that they've got that oval in the middle with the world behind it. Uh, the IWGP part um, that's similar to the first generation heavyweight title belt Um, the crown like top of it is similar to the second generation title belt Uh, there's kind of wings on each side of the main face uh, plate and that's to um, that's kind of uh, to represent the, the wings on the third generation title belt And and then they said the colours and the lion mark are what they got from the fourth generation title belt. And look, I hate to be a I hate to be a hater, but you got the most beautiful title belt, perhaps of all time, and that's what you get from it. You get, oh, we should make it gold and we should put our logo on it. That's what you took? from it okay I think they were just kind of making things up at this point but um anyway and then this, the, the 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 side plates apparently are to do with the intercontinental title that's something to do with that which I mean the side plates are just kind of gold squares with uh you know a picture of the world in the middle of it with some jewels I mean they look good this looks fine but not exactly groundbreaking in terms of um championship belt designs but you know what that's actually what i kind of appreciated about it a lot of people were kind of like you know change is difficult i get it but i kind of appreciated that they did something bold a little different um they wanted to stand out a bit you know it's um but not to the point where it's like experimental and uh you know way out there, it's just kind of yeah, it it does look like a bit of an amalgamation of the title belts that have come before it. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to Sakura Genesis when I can see it around Ibushi's waist. Um, assuming that he wins, he said that he won't wear the title belt until he actually defends it. So, um, I guess we'll we'll see it around his waist or perhaps we'll see it around the waist of will osprey but the more i look at it the more i think i'm gonna like it you know it i've i i already dismissed the idea that it was going to be better than the iwgp heavyweight title i did that immediately as soon as i knew this was happening i was like well they can't beat that so let's just forget about that even being a possibility and I think maybe that attitude is what has helped me to accept it a bit quicker than some others. We'll get to the others, by the way. There's been some pretty funny memes and comments and whatnot about it, which I also predicted. Not, not again. Not necessarily a um, a huge prediction for me to say that everyone's going to hate it, or you know, there's going to be a shitstorm or whatever I said. But. Um, Yeah, there there was actually a couple other things about it, though. Uh, They had some symbolism stuff here. Fighting spirit is represented in the flames above the, kind of above the, or next to the lion's mark logo, and then also by the, there's like a sword that goes down the middle. Goes through the earth, so that's that's to symbolize fighting spirit. Um, and there's also like a sun above the uh, where am I? This the line mark in the upper. Oh, the line mark represents the sun above the earth because it's above the you know aforementioned oval earth. Part of the belt, um, okay, I don't know what the relevance of that is. the sun is above the earth, okay, and there's five gems around the central globe that represent the continents. I thought there was only i was I was taught there was seven continents but and then I actually looked into this, and apparently it's common to consider the Americas as one continent and leave out Antarctica because who cares about Antarctica maybe some polar bears and some penguins but as long as Australia makes the cut I'm quite happy with that, that's fine Um, so yeah, that represents the continents and also five decades of New Japan Pro Wrestling history and then there's these um, jewels around the outside of the belt and they are in a, a fang like position, and that's to represent the, um, the world being gripped by like a lion's teeth, because that's what New Japan are going to do, they're going to chomp on the world of pro wrestling, I guess, you know, whatever, that's pretty good, whatever, there you go, it's happened, get over it, or don't, you can complain. You are entitled to complain. In ten more years, you'll probably be complaining that this belt's gone, but you don't have to worry about that now. Um, well, look, let's enjoy the tears, shall we? Because most people, I, I think it's fair to say most people didn't like it. So, I mean, one of the things people said was they wished the main plate was bigger. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I think it'd be... a little awkward if it was much bigger... for the shape that it is. Um... Another criticism that I... actually agree with... is that... there's just this kind of awkward gap... between the side plates and the face plate. Um just because of the shapes the shapes don't match up I don't know exactly how they could have remedied that but I agree that that's a bit of an issue it it does look a little bit off Um, but some more some funnier reactions I mean I don't know this quickly got old because everyone jumped on it but they're saying that it looks like the Divas title belt because the shape is somewhat similar Um, it's definitely lacking some pink but um yeah that was one of the things someone said it looked like the tna immortal championship which is ridiculous it's not that bad jesus but then someone said it looked like the transformers logo and i can i can can see that for sure a lot of people saying power rangers as well i can see power rangers I think it's just... It's a little bit new and shiny. It needs to be roughed up a little bit before it can kind of... Yeah, I... I you know, people, you know so people saying it looks like a toy. <sighs> Look. I Yeah, I mean... I'm not saying I can't tell at all what you're saying, but, like, compared to the... WWE Championships, for example. No way. It's nothing it's not that bad. Uh someone said it looked like a gundam robot. Or something that would be on a Gundam robot. Fair enough. But um and look I, I kind of it's it's hacky at this point. This is these these jokes have been played out for the last couple of days, as uh, these memes tend to, you know. Beat a dead horse. But the best one, by far, has gotta be. ...that it looks like Cody's neck tattoo. I mean... ...if anything was going to ruin this title for me... ...it was that. Um, yeah, that one... ...that one was a bit too close for comfort. But... Uh, ...well... ...look, it is what it is. We have it now. It's not going anywhere. That's another thing I've seen people say, oh, it's, maybe it's just a work. Like, yeah, they spent all this money on a new title, spent this three months building this up just for it to be a swerve and for them to bring the old titles back. After trying to convince you all this time that they didn't need those two title belts and that it was a big deal for them to now have a world championship. Oh yeah, they're just going to go back to status quo. It was all just to trick you. Ha ha ha, gotcha. Get out the week. You can't be serious, thinking that. You can't be serious. Jesus. Alright. Well look, that's it. Um, if this is your first time listening to one of these, uh, perhaps you read my article Perhaps you read my article on Cage Side Seats about this title and you thought, wow, you know, this person is must be an eloquent speaker because what a, a great job he has done of putting together these words on this page. What a wonderful read. Oh, look at this. He talks about it. Let's see what he has to say. And you listen to this and I'm just a doofus. I'm just rambling on. Well, I'm sorry if that's if I've not met your expectations. But this is what it is, and if you like it if you liked it, well, you're in luck. I do these at least once a week. Um You can you can find me on all sorts of places YouTube, Anchor, Spotify, Google, Breaker, Radio, Public, Pocket Cast. I remembered to write this down. I think I'm even on iTunes, but I'm not sure. I don't actually know too much about all of these things, other than that I have this stuff on them. So, check it out wherever is most convenient for you. I keep up with all the current New Japan stuff. And if there's not enough going on in that scene, I do historical podcasts going back. Um, this one's a bit of an outlier, as I said at the beginning. I have gone back over the Enochism era um, briefly. Um, and I'm I'm kind of doing the Tanahashi era, I guess you could call it the Wrestle Kingdom era, perhaps you could call it, because that's when there starts to be a bit more content on the uh, on New Japan World, and I think it might be fun to follow along with that for fans that didn't follow it the first time. Um, plus, it's just it's fantastic. Uh, a lot of people kind of really got in at the Tail end of the golden era, and um, there's some great stuff from 2007 onwards. Uh, with you know Tanahashi in his prime is is enough. That is enough for you to want to want to to want to watch it. Um, I give a lot of context surrounding it. I've done a lot of research on it. I didn't see it at the time, by the way. I don't mean to false advertise. Um, I started watching New Japan years ago, but not that many years ago. So. Um, Yeah, I mean, I've gone back and watched it all, but I'm learning about it too. And it's fun to do. So if that sounds good to you, how about... I can't keep rhyming. Uh, Yeah, subscribe if you want. Um, Or if you've had enough, leave me a comment as to what you liked about this one. Uh, Or if you didn't like it, leave me a comment about that. Come at me why don't why don't we wrestle? wrestle me weekly ha <laughs> ha yeah, got them with the with mine thing, okay, hey, look at that nearly at an hour. I actually expected this to be a shorter one uh, okay, so cage side seats, I'll put that in the description here wherever you have found this the and the rest of my i've I've done this enough, okay, look. I do more of these. If you want to find it, find it. That's it. We're done. Okay. Thank you very much for listening. If you read the article, thank you very much for reading that. And thank you for any comments or subscribers or anyone that interacts with me in any way. I'm just sitting here lonely. So I really appreciate it. But until next time, whenever that may be, have a good one.